0: Very good team and a very good guest spot. The play-by-play voice of the Buffalo Bills, John Murphy, joins me here on uh, CBS Sports Radio. John, Jody Mack here. How's your summer going?
1: summer's going well, Jody. (laughs) It ended a couple of weeks ago when the Bills went to camp. (laughs) I'm kind of plugged into that NFL schedule. Once uh, all my friends, all my family say, oh, what are you doing in August? Well, I'm working in August. You know, that's what August is all about. (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly that's what i was driving at uh, summer it's gone by the board for a guy like yourself and the bills are a couple of weeks into it i mentioned this uh early in today's show they're the favorites to win it all this year uh, most betting outlets and we've got a ton of them now across the country have the bills as the number one choice you've got the bengals who went to the super bowl last year coming out of the afc You've got Kansas City, who went to two consecutive Super Bowls prior to that in the AFC. Why are the Bills the favorite? Yeah, that's a legitimate question. I
1: agree. Um, look, they're loaded with talent. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, they, they and they got a little bit better as far as talent acquisition this off season. Um, I think there's also a sense that uh, last year, in particular, they were pretty much playing as well as anybody. Uh, down the stretch. And the fateful 13 seconds, the final 13 seconds in the playoff game at Kansas City sticks in everybody's mind. Uh, But it's a legitimate question, especially in a conference where everybody got better and teams are pretty good. I think the AFC is certainly the premier conference in the league right now. So, um, uh, expectations are high, but they don't mean a damn thing. I mean, you still got to go out and play starting for the Bills September
0: 8th. Let me ask you about those fateful 13 seconds last year. Back breaking, just crushing. And, of course, then it becomes the focus of, well, each team. Josh Allen would have been so good in that game. Mahomes is good enough to get the touchdown in overtime and the Bills are eliminated. Um, Yeah, there was a you and cry out there for the NFL to change their rules because it just seemed wrong that Josh Allen didn't get a chance to go mano a mano with Mahomes. And damn, if the NFL didn't change their overtime rules, they won't admit that it's solely because of that, but I'll tell you it might be the case. It, does that make it, the Bills feel any better about it, any worse about it? Is it still a topic of conversation around the team and up there in Buffalo? How much is that playing here at the start of 2022?
1: Yeah, very good question. It's interesting. Among the fans and the media, people still remember obviously that game and talk about that game and the and the overtime rules change. Uh, and I've been, you know, diving into camp now. What about three weeks? I haven't heard anybody mention it among the players or coaching staff, and that's, I think, maybe the the strong suit of Sean McDermott. He gets guys to focus on what's important, uh, and I'm sure they discuss it internally, and I'm sure Sean's discussion went something like, we can't do anything about it. That's history. We own it. It happened. Uh, we got to move on, and we're still a good team. So in the team itself, among players and coaches, they don't talk about that at all. At all. I haven't heard anybody mentioned it. Outside the team, fans, media, that's a a big topic of discussion.
0: Understood. And I think that's a good thing that they've uh, refocused and they're only worried about 2022 and they're not going to worry about 2021. But sometimes that's easier said than done because guys like you and me and other media members from up there in Buffalo are going to ask questions of the players at the minimal times that you have access to them and can ask those questions. Will Josh Allen be asked about that? And can he use it as motivation that, yeah, I kind of got stiffed last year, chip on my shoulder kind of thing. Can it help raise Allen's game going into 2022?
1: It can. It can, certainly. And I'm sure Josh will get asked about it, and I'm sure he's got a stock response. Um, Look, it's hard for me to see how much better he can get than he was late last year. Uh, But he, he looks a little better, you know. He's a little more decisive. It's important to note that it's his, uh, what, fourth year in this offense, even with a new coordinator. Things have not changed that much under Ken Dorsey as opposed to Brian Dable. And Josh looks as comfortable and as calm and as in control of this offense as he's ever looked, you know, and that's only through uh, three and a half weeks of preseason, one preseason game. So uh, although it may be an internal motivator, I don't think he's going to verbalize too often this season uh, how much that meant to him to lose that game. I don't think he's – Haunted by it or anything. I mean, he played as well as he could. He played his heart out that game in Kansas City. Uh,
0: let me ask you about Brian Dable. He has been the offensive quarter, and and Dorsey B coming the man is the guy who's already there, and uh, certainly the quarterback has a good relationship with. But uh, Dable was a key guy for the Bills' offensive success these last couple of years. How much is he going to be missed as the new head coach of the Giants?
1: Um, he'll be missed. I mean, first of all, on a personal level, he's a great guy, and I wish him nothing but the best with the New York Giants. I think he's going to be a very successful coach, uh, provided he's given the time to to implement what he wants to do. And so, in that sense, he'll be missed. It is very similar. Uh, it is a very similar offense to what Dable ran. It, it appears um, those of us in the media look for clues that maybe uh, you know there's a school of opinion that maybe Sean McDermott has transmitted to. Ken Dorsey, that he wants to run the ball a little bit more and a little bit more effectively than they did the last couple of years. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think uh, they're a passing team. They were the leading passing team in the NFL last year, and I see no reason why they should pull off that. But uh, it's something to keep an eye on. We don't get too many clues the way they play preseason games. They don't really uh, take the wraps off their offense. But uh, they may be looking for a little more balanced run versus pass in the offense, but I don't think it will be a dramatic change.
0: If they're going to run the football a little bit more, I won't say tremendously more, why would you do that when you have Josh Allen? But if they do try and lean on it a little bit more, who's going to benefit the most? Is it going to be Singletary? Will it be a Zach Moss? Could James Cook, their second-round draft pick, be a big guy? They've got some talent in that running back room. Who's going to be the guy if they're going to run it more?
1: It's a good question. It seems right now they're looking at using all three of those uh, players, and those are the three key guys. They all have different strengths and different, uh, uh, you know, different uh, skill sets they bring to it. Singletary would be the nominal starter, but we'll see how that goes. Zach Moss, I think, has surprised people. He's had a really good camp and a pretty good game last uh, Saturday night against Indianapolis. Uh, he's going into his second year, and I think Zach Moss has something to contribute. And James Cook uh, can contribute as a, as a pass receiver coming out of the backfield. They've shown that in practice and in some of the games. I think they want to see more. But I think those are the three guys I'd look for A kind of a combination of all three and sort of a mix of all three depending on who they're going up against and what they want to do on offense.
0: All right, back over to the passing game for a minute. We're talking to John Murphy, play-by-play voice of the Bills on their radio network here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Gabriel Davis had that unbelievable bust-out career-type game last year. Nice that he could be the other wide receiver behind Stefan Diggs, but he kind of marked himself as a guy. Yeah, we, we we better worry about this guy, too. If not, he can burn us big time. How much pressure on him coming into the season off his step-up performance last year?
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's pressure. I think it's an opportunity for Gabe Davis to uh, assert himself as, a, as really a bona fide star in this league. He'll get uh, a little bit less attention than Stephon Diggs will from opposing defenses, and and I think they'll thrive because of that. I don't I don't look at it as pressure as much as I look at it as an opportunity for Gabriel Davis to shine and to uh, kind of flourish in this offense. I, I think he's a really good player who's getting a chance to play. It's a really talented wide receiver group. Uh, it's hard for me to envision who the six or seven they're going to keep are. Right now, but Gabe Davis, they're certainly going to keep, and he's certainly going to be a starter on opening day based on the year he had last year.
0: All right. On that uh, talented wide receiver group, Cole Beasley is no longer a part of it. And Josh Allen chose to throw him the ball 112 times last year. That's a whole bunch of targets for Cole Beasley, not part of the mix this year. Who's their slot guy? Who's going to be getting the bulk of those tosses that Beasley got last year that he's no longer around to get?
1: Yeah, and, and this I think uh, is maybe the biggest question of this preseason. But they have veteran Isaiah McKenzie back this year for another year. I think it's his third or fourth year with Buffalo. Uh, he's a smaller guy who kind of uh, they they created the, their own offensive package involving Isaiah McKenzie, a lot of end around runs, and certainly use him in the slot. They're also they they signed the free agent number 80, Jamison Crowder, former New York Jet, and. Washington wide receiver, who got a slow start to camp. He got banged up at the start of camp, but he's come on a little bit and, and made more and more plays. Uh, and they have a rookie who's looked pretty good, uh, Khalil Shakir, um, I mean, a fifth-round pick who uh, might have something to say about that position and as well. I think with Shakir, they're trying to indoctrinate him into all of the wide receiver positions because if they keep him, they need him to back up everybody on that uh, wide receiving course. So uh, those three, and I wouldn't be surprised if McKenzie and Crowder – kind of traded off uh, you know, snaps and, and targets at the slot receiver spot because they're both pretty good. They have different, uh, different attributes, but they're both pretty good and I think can add a lot to uh, the offense. We have not seen the, the Jamison Crowder that I used to see with the Jets and with Washington even before that. We haven't right. seen that yet in camp because of his slow start with injuries, but I think he's going to have something to say about that slot receiver position.
0: All right, John, other side of the ball. The Bills were one of the better defenses in football last year. All right, it might not have showed itself in that Kansas City game where it was just offense going up and down the field, up and down the field. But we know the Bills had a damn good defense all year long. And they add to it, Von Miller comes in as a free agent. You know the guy is capable of winning Super Bowls. He's already done that twice in two different spots. He wants to become the first guy to win them in three different spots. And they used their first-round draft pick on Kair Elam, uh, DB from uh, Florida. How have those two guys fit in? I know it's really early, and we've got to wait till the season starts. But what you've been able to see from practice – both, uh, We know Miller's going to be starting. Is Elam a definite starter? How have they both looked fitting into the Bills' defense?
1: Well, they, they both look good. I mean, totally different guys. Uh, and, and let me say, you mentioned how good the Buffalo defense was last year. They were ranked number one in terms of yards allowed. Right. They didn't get a whole lot of pass rush pressure, which is why you know we have Von Miller with the Bills now. He's looked good. He hasn't had a lot of work, didn't play at all in preseason game number one, but he's looked good. 33 years old. So you could legitimately ask how much does he have left? I think the Bills are betting on the fact that given the heavy rotation of eight defensive linemen they use, that Von Miller will be able to thrive in this defense and with this defensive line. So, um, again, having not seen him in a preseason game yet, but seeing him at practice, uh, he's got a lot to add to this defense. And, I, I, you know, what's interesting to me is the leadership role he's assumed. He uh, takes it upon himself to kind of shepherd the – some of the younger defensive linemen too. And that, that's important, I think, in sort of the culture they're trying to uh, create here. Uh, Kair Elam, uh, Bill's first-round pick, um, has been a starter since the first day of training camp, and he remains there. Now, the Bills are missing one of their top players uh, on either side of the ball for White, who is uh, still not certain when he'll be back. So, Elam's uh, got a spot in the starting lineup now. He's held his own. It's interesting. He's got all the physical attributes of a first-round pick. I mean, extremely long arms. He's very physical. He's not tall, but he's bigger than your average corner from five years ago. And I'm eager to see how that translates uh, on the field in terms of his playing ability. He's, uh, you know, everything is so heavily scrutinized. He'll get beat by one of the Bills' good receivers, uh, Stefan Diggs, or somebody in in a training camp practice, and everybody's like, oh, why is our first-round pick getting beat? Well, he's up against Stefan Diggs. What do you think, you know? But I think he's good. He could be a starter on opening day, depending on uh, Judevious White's status. Right now, his partner at the starting spot is Dane Jackson, uh two- or three-year veteran from Pittsburgh, who's been a pretty good player. But, uh, yeah, I think Elam will be a starter on uh, September 8th as well.
0: When do you think you'll know whether White is going to be good to go by the first week of the season?
1: Yeah, they've talked about it a lot. They're not given any kind of a timetable yet. Uh, my sense is he's going to be ready for September 8th and probably not before that. You know, they they really don't update us. Most teams will do this nowadays. They don't say, you know, two weeks or one week. They don't want to put any artificial uh, timeline on it. So I I think he'll be ready for the Rams game, the opener. But uh, we'll see. That could change.
0: Yeah, information kept tight to the All best, right. oh, like yeah. national oh, yeah. defense secrets in uh, some towns. Uh, not great, <laughs> su- right. not not a very big surprise there. All right, um, if I told you, I think. That The Jets are going to be better. They're going to be a better football team, even with the injury to their quarterback. Flacco might be able to get them through the first couple of weeks, and uh, then they'll get Wilson back. I think they'll be improved. I think still they'll be fourth in the AFC East, but I think they're going to be better than they were last year, and I absolutely believe the Dolphins are going to be better than they were last year. I think uh, adding Tyreek Hill is huge, and I think is going to have a breakout year, and I do like their coach, uh, so I think they'll be a better team how many games can the Bills win in this division? Because that Belichick guy is still pretty tough to try and win against. Uh, win games against. I think, yes, the AFC West is the most difficult division in all of football, but the AFC East might be as good a division as every other division except the AFC West. How many games can the Bills realistically think about winning against uh, yeah. the schedule they have?
1: I kind of agree with your assessment. I didn't think of it like that, but you're right. After the AFC West, the uh... The Bills division is as tough as they come uh, compared to the others. You know, they've dominated for a couple of years, and uh, I'm trying not to be putting a, you know, a sunshine picture on this, but I think they can win five or six in the division again. I I do. Um, I know the Dolphins are better, uh, and I know they'll be a little tougher, but I don't think the Patriots are better, and the Jets, I think, have a long way to go. I think uh, now is the time for the Bills, and I think uh, at least four – uh, more likely five or six uh, divisional wins. Uh, and the Bills need that because they have a, a tough schedule outside of the division this year. So they'll need to uh, make K in the AFC East for sure.
0: Other than the division, if the Bills are, as I noted at the top of the interview, the betting favorite to end up in the Super Bowl and end up on the victorious side of the field at the Super Bowl before they get to the Super Bowl, what team is the one that puts up the biggest challenge in the AFC for you?
1: Yeah, um, well, they don't play him, but I think the Chargers are going to be really good. uh, You're you're jumping
0: on that Charger bandwagon, too. I think the world is (laughs) ahead of the game with the Chargers. Uh, I I know they've got a great young quarterback, but uh, they they, they don't have any play. At least the Bills have won playoff games. The Chargers haven't yet. I'm not ready to anoint them as number two just yet.
1: All right. They're coming on, in my mind. I mean, the Chiefs uh, lost Tyreek Hill, but they've got – you know, Mahomes and a great surrounding cast around him. Um, those would be the two that I would pick as the, okay. the biggest threats, I guess, to the Bills and the AFC. It's it's a tough uh, conference. So, every you know, the Bengals are the defending conference champions. They're not going to go away quietly, that's for sure.
0: Exactly. Um, all right, last thing. And I do appreciate I've got some very good friends we're diehard Bills fans. And the Bills have a very special fan group. They've earned the nickname Bills Mafia over all the years. You're up there every single day. Expectations higher this year, probably since when Jen Kelly was the quarterback. So it does change the narrative and change the focus a little bit. What is Bills Nation in, in uh, Buffalo right now? What is the Mafia saying? How high are those expectations?
1: I mean, they're sky high, as high as it gets. I think folks uh, expect almost a, a Super Bowl appearance for the Bills. Um, I don't put myself in that group because I was around in the 90, uh, in, in the 1990s, and I remember how difficult it is to get to the Super Bowl, and the league has changed so much now too. Um, but, yeah, the expectations are through the roof. I, I do find myself a little bit concerned that anything short of that will be viewed as a disappointment. And I, I do think, and, Jody, I think you'd appreciate this, I think uh, fans, especially casual fans, underestimate how competitive the league is. Sure. Everybody tries to get better. Everybody wants to be good. Uh, when the Bills went to camp, everybody's, you know, fans coming up to me, oh, this is the year, this year. I said, well, you know, 31 other teams are going to camp this week saying, uh, uh, this is our year too. Let's go kick kick the hell out of the Buffalo Bills this year. So it's so competitive throughout the year and especially now. that uh, not, I take nothing for granted. Um, I mean, shoot! I lived through a 17-year playoff drought, so it can
0: change pretty quickly. Yeah, Bills have a little bit of a target on their back this year, which changes yep. the narrative as well a little bit. Uh, how many years for you now? At the uh, are we sneaking up on two decades as the voice of the Bills? <sighs> well, I started in '04; was my
1: first year. I, it's, I've been on the broadcast. I worked with uh, my predecessor, Van Miller, who was a great broadcaster. I worked for him for with him for. Sixteen years, so in total, it's my thirty-fifth year on the Bills broadcast, uh, and I've been in play-by-play since '04. So it's been a while. I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of football. Some of it bad. <laughs> All
0: right. and you know what? I just completely, I had a brain freeze last night. Um, I was doing a show in in Philadelphia, and I couldn't remember if it was Leon Lett that Don Beebe knocked the ball out of in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Where do we go? Oh, somebody asked me about the Rose Bowl setup, and I said, I've never been to a Rose Bowl, but I've been to Pasadena for the Super Bowl. Bills and Cowboys yeah. that year, and it was yeah, one of the most memorable fun. plays in the history of football, except I couldn't remember who the Cowboy guy who uh, held the ball out like a loaf of bread when B.B. knocked it out of his hands. It was Leon Lett, right?
1: Yeah, it was Leon Lett. And B.B., okay. who now coaches, uh, I think, Division Three football in Illinois, I see him once in a while, and he says he still gets mail from people who want him to sign a picture <laughs> of that play. I mean, it's a great play. There's, there's a lot to be said about that play. And the game was – I think the final was 52-17, to and the game was totally out of reach when that play happened. But B.B. wouldn't let that uh, – wouldn't let that touchdown go unchallenged. He hustled down the field and
0: knocked it out of his hands. He surely did. And I was sitting in the Rose Bowl, and I said, I can't believe that just happened. Didn't change the outcome of the game, as you correctly pointed out, but it is one of the more memorable plays in the history of the National Football League. John, uh, I think you guys are going to have a big year. You should have a lot of fun. We'll try and get you back on during the season. Thank you very much for doing this preseason preview with us. Thank you, Jody.
1: love talking to you. I'll do
0: it anytime. Thanks.